Welcome to the Beyond Sugar Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, holistic nutrition coach and speaker. Together, we'll be diving into much more than just another conversation around sugar addiction and nutrition. But more importantly, I'll be guiding you through the inner work and spiritual healing that lies at the root of your unhealthy habits with food. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Oh, boy, I'm so excited for today's guest and the conversations that we have. I know that you are really going to love this conversation that I have with Petia Kolobova burns today. She is such a bright light and the conversations that we have are really, well, really resonating with me on a few levels. Um, currently, you know, I'm going through what I feel like is a huge shift into more of my divine feminine and discovering how I can bring more flow into my days and, and find that balance with getting things done, running a business, doing all the things that I want to do in the world while also inviting in presence and flow. We have such a beautiful conversation about this that really touched my heart and, I hope inspires many of you who are listening and who feel stuck in always being busy, go, go, go mode, which we know now, or hopefully you know by now, is such a huge piece when it comes to then stuffing our faces with food, right? With using food to cope or numb out or deal with the stress of being burnt out and the exhaustion of being burnt out because we don't know how to rest. So for those who don't know Petia, she is an abundance and light activation coach who guides women to intuitively connect with their inner vision so they can experience personal and professional magnetism and become unapologetically abundant. Her mission is to empower visionaries who are on the path to embody their fullest self-expression, to soulfully expand into a quantum leap in all dimensions of their life. Petia gives immense clarity and exact steps to unlock women's divine feminine and abundance mindset. Through subconscious work such as breathwork, Reiki, NLP, human design, she leads her six and seven figure clients to the next level in life and in business. If she's not interviewing fellow experts on her podcast, Unapologetically Abundant, traveling the world with her husband, hosting retreats or reading, you'll find her out in nature, disconnecting from the world and reconnecting even deeper to herself. So this conversation today with Petia went in all sorts of directions that I didn't plan. And I absolutely love that when we can flow in these conversations. We started with a very, very raw and vulnerable, deep dive into Petia's food story. And not just that, but her story of her traumatic childhood and upbringing, including her struggles with bulimia, her struggles with self-harm, and with both mental and physical abuse, to name a few. She very raw and vulnerably shares her deep pain and her challenges that have got her to where she is today. And how she has used those extremely painful challenges and traumas to actually reignite her sense of self and her desire to heal and how she has actually healed now her relationship with food and also her relationship with herself, which we know are deeply tied together. She shares as well about the tools that she used. How did she actually overcome what would look like to anyone on the outside as a completely impossible situations to overcome? But she did. And she is now this incredibly empowered woman 
who has a beautiful, healthy relationship with food and her body. And as I mentioned earlier, we dive deep into how she actually has healed the wounded masculine energy that lies in all of us and how we can all begin to shift into a healthy expression of the divine feminine and the divine masculine in all of our lives, in our day-to-day lives, so that we can all fully feel free and at peace, which is what we want. That's what we're here for, right? We talked about so much more. That's just a little teaser. So without further ado, let's go ahead and play that interview with Patia right now. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here on the Beyond Sugar Freedom podcast. I'm so excited for our beautiful guest today. Petia, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing really great. And how beautiful that I had the honor to have you as a guest on my show. Now I'm coming here because I'm like, there's so much more that we get to talk about and talk, you know, uh, for our audiences. So really honored to be here today, Danny. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining. I know I had so much fun chatting with you the other day about uh, my story and and some of those pieces. So everyone go and go and check that out on Petia's uh, podcast. I'll link that below. And now we're reversing the roles and you have such a story that I'm just starting to understand. So I'm I'm very excited to hear this from you as well. And I know my listeners will really, um, really resonate with a lot of what you've been through. So to start, would love to hear your story around food um, and the complicated story and relationship that you've had with food and your body and really what got you into the place that you are now and in, in the way that you so deeply help women. Thank you. Thank you for the question. And I love that we're starting there because it, it's so fascinating when we can really look back and, and see the patterns and habits that we had and the decisions that we took and the beliefs that led us to do those things, you know, because for me, when I'm looking at it from like, the adult eye perspective, I'm like, of course, that makes sense, right? Like my mom, she was always like people pleasing, doing everything for others. And um, she always sacrificed herself for like others. And I remember I was thinking like, oh, she's such a good mom because like when she has money or when she has time, she always pours it into us as a kid. Mm-hmm. But then I realized it wasn't healthy, you know, it wasn't healthy how she was putting herself on a back burner and how she always let other people's opinions and definitions of life and her really define her. And that also define her like sense of self-worth, meaning no (laughs) self-worth. I, you know, it's, it's so interesting, like looking at it because she was, I always saw her always like catering to others mm-hmm. and then dieting herself her whole life. So like shrinking herself physically, not feeling worthy. And that's what I grew up with. There was no example of this like grounded feminine of, of that like loving, safe space. I My mom was really loving And it came with the cost, you know, like she sacrificing herself and then not feeling good about herself and choosing partners that were toxic. You know, my first, um, my biological, not first, like you have only one, right? Biological father. Um, she was dating him for a couple of years before she was intimate with him. And the first time she was intimate with him, she got pregnant and here I am. 
She was 17. And my grandfather was drinking, womanizer, abusive. So she was in a lot of fear to share this, that she's pregnant. My biological father back then, you know, 40 years ago, back in Europe, men had to go to army for two years. So they were together, but he left for army. So my mom was left alone. My father didn't want to do anything to like anything to do with us. They got married because that was the right thing to do. And my mom was always basing her decisions on others. That reflected on me. She got divorced a couple of years later. She was like, I would rather take care of you alone than, you know, like be with someone who is not caring and, you know, not there for us. And she got married to a man who she thought was better, but then he turned out to be physically and mentally abusive to me. So me growing up, you know, and then she got pregnant with him, with my little brother who was five years younger than me. And so I'm sharing all of this as the foundation because we can be looking at what are we doing? What are we eating right now? But it all stems to what we were feeling and what we were believing when we were growing up. So when I was growing up, Danny, I felt unworthy, unlovable. I felt like I shouldn't be seen because when I was seen, my stepfather was like yelling at me or beat me. So I developed eating disorder when I was 11 years old. And now that I'm pregnant with a baby girl, like I cannot imagine for her to feel this way. The stories that I have created for myself that I have to do things and I have to people please so I belong, so I feel safe, so I feel like I have a place in the world. And then learning in a teenage age that I was an accident, you know, for my mom that I wasn't planned and desired. Even though my mom never, and she told me, I never, ever doubted. I found I'm pregnant. I loved you. I wanted to keep you. And I just knew I'll figure it out. And she did. But the stories we create as kids, I'm unlovable. I'm unworthy. I was an accident. I shouldn't be here. I don't matter. Which led into anxiety, depression. When I was 18, attempted suicide, toxic relationship, really like outsourcing my happiness and worthiness. And always struggling with food because, Danny, I felt so empty on the inside, like emotionally. I was craving love. I was craving to feel safe. I was craving to be hugged. And because I didn't have, of course, like I had my mom, I had my grandma, my beloved grandma. I love her to life. She transitioned a couple of years ago, but she was, I was always joking like she can never transition because she's my free psychologist, you know. She knew everything about me and hold a safe space for me. And But two, you know, struggling her whole life, people pleasing, you know. And um, so that's how I developed really unhealthy relationship to my body and to myself. And the pain that I was feeling inside my body, like I needed to put it out there and express it. So... And I don't know what age I started that's like a little bit blurrier to me, but I started to cut myself. Like I was cutting my hand 
because I felt so much pain inside. And how do you tell this to others? How do you tell others that you stuff your face and that you go throw it up and that you feel guilty and ashamed? I was 11. And it was almost two decades of this. And of course, it's like ebbs and flows, like with everything. So there were days that I would binge and perch twice a day. And there were like few days that I was good. But food was always um, like the, the main forefront, always thinking about it, being obsessed. When can I eat? What can I eat? Going on millions of diets because that's what I saw my mom doing. And it's just, it was unsustainable. I couldn't do it. Like when I was, I believe around 28 or like 29. And it's, it's interesting now with the knowledge that I have. I know it's um, Saturn in return for those who love astrology. When Saturn in return comes, it's, it's a big like task teacher. It's a teacher who will show you like the hard lessons in your life. Saturn in return just means that it takes 28 and a half years for Saturn to be in exact position when you were born. And it will come to teach you a big lessons. It will shake your life. So that's when I was feeling like I was married to a narcissist who was reminding me so much of my stepfather, because that's all we know, right? We, we go into the familiar, not the safe or comfortable. And I was like, in the lowest of my lows, when I was 18, I tried to attempt a suicide. When I was 28, 29, I was getting back to that point. And one of the nights there was like binging and purging again. I find myself like weeping and crying on the floor. And I'm like, what can I do? What can I change? I didn't know who to talk to. This was over a decade ago. So it, there were no podcasts like yours. There were no like therapists on Instagram or, or summits. It wasn't as, I don't want to say easy, but I feel like we have more access and support now, you know, not to feel alone. Back then I felt so guilty and so ashamed because people would look at me and, the, and, and I did fitness competitions back then. I was working in a corporate, I had a handsome husband. Nobody knew what was happening behind the closed door. So people look at me and they're like, wow, you are such a perfect couple. You look so amazing. You look so great. And deep inside, I was dying because I was afraid to share with people how am I really feeling because I'm like, they will think that I'm crazy or that I'm ungrateful. So that was the time that I started to like research online, Uncle Google, that was available before YouTube and Google. And I started to look for like how to be happy, how to overcome eating disorder, how to stop being obsessed with the food, how to find a peace. And thankfully I found Louise Hay and I literally feel like she saved my life because she led me onto a path of self-love and respect and willingness, willingness to even like and accept myself. So very long <laughs> answer, but that's, that's who I was and, you know, who I am and becoming today. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Thank you, first of all, for, for sharing so vulnerably and raw and real. Uh, I think that is very important for a lot of my listeners to hear and to understand that, like, what we see, right? And even what we hear on podcasts, see on Instagram, right? Is, is, is just, 
not the full story for people, right? And to see you now just shining bright and having such an impact in the world and being so, you know, obviously in love with yourself and confident and knowing that you're enough, right? People wouldn't guess that there's this very traumatic story here in, in behind that's created that. And I hope everybody listening can get a bit of um, knowing that you're not alone and, and understanding that your struggles, you know, are, are a catalyst to, to change as well if, if we're up for the challenge and it's not easy. And yeah, I, I'm really, really blown away by the journey that you've been on. And I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit more to, like, I know you mentioned Louise Hayes was a huge turning point for you and, and, you know, hitting this rock bottom and your higher self showing up being like, no, I'm going to climb my way out of this and find a way, you know, what were, what were some of the other big pieces that you think really, really have supported you in your healing journey. And actually I'd be curious to hear as well, where are you now with your relationship with food? You know, obviously it's Mm. been quite a journey and you and I both know it's not, you know, a quick fix. It's not, you know, listening to one podcast or reading one book and all of a sudden you're good with food again. (laughs) But what, what have been some of the, the, the other pieces there that have made such an impact for you on, on changing this relationship with, with food specifically and ultimately yourself, they're tied together. And uh, where are you, where are you now? Such a beautiful question. And like I said, I feel like it all starts with relationship with myself because eating disorder and the relationship that I had with food was a direct correlation with the relationship that I had with myself. So I had to first start working on that. And that's when I started to listen to, I literally started to brainwash myself, Danny, because my inner critic was saying, who do you think you are? You're unworthy. You're no one. Nobody cares. Like, you know, if you die, if you're not here, like who cares? Right. And so I had to work through that. And that's when I like, instead of listening to myself and my thoughts, I started to listen to YouTube videos, you know, inspirational, motivational, and it was like a nonstop. And it really helped me to start shifting how I was feeling. And then interestingly enough, um, I started to do CrossFit because our boss was like uh, offered to pay like our membership because she wanted to go. So I'm like, sure, if you pay it, because it was like $130 a month for like CrossFit membership, like, you know, like seven years ago, I was like, it's quite a lot, you know, uh, when you're in corporate. And, and so she was like, oh, I'll pay for it. So we were doing classes early in the morning, like 6 a.m. to like 7 a.m., then take shower and go to work at 8. And I would be so exhausted. You know, like if you're binging and purging all night, then you're not sleeping well, your sleeping patterns are broken, you know, all the sugar you probably eat or whatever you eat. So I told myself, just Today, I won't be purging. Just tonight, I will hold off because I have to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. So I was basically like tricking myself into just one day, you know, and then I would work out like three, four times a week. So just one day. So you don't have to go and do CrossFit, right? Like I've done it for like two or three years, but um, you get to just find like just one day one step at a time, one choice at a time, one, you know, like one meal at a time, one thought at a time. 
And so I feel like that really helped me. And then um, I also did like hypnosis. I started to do Reiki and like I was looking for ways how to suit myself. Mm-hmm. So um, I wasn't always like in fight or flight, you know, response to life and to myself and to food because that's when we're emotionally eating, you know, when we're feeling bored or stressed or we're not being rational so I feel like that really helped me tremendously brainwashing myself surrounding myself with people who went through traumas and struggles and they made it they live a fulfilling life like Louise Hay or Tony Robbins you know it was such a huge inspiration to me to see what backgrounds they're coming from and knowing like hey if they can do it why not me and then I was still like working through that, even though I stopped binging and purging, thankfully, you know, uh, after almost two decades, I never thought it would be possible. Like I even went to see like astrologists and Dharma reader. I'm like, can you tell me if this is going to be like for the rest of my life? Because it was most of my life. When you think about it, I'm 28 and, and 29, 30. And since I was 11, that was my reality. It's all I could remember, struggling with food and and body image, body dysmorphia, how I saw myself. Because now when I look at back my pictures, I was like, dang, I had a six pack and I was like, you know, toned and I was working out and I was never feeling happy with how I looked. And now I'm pregnant and 40 pounds up, you know, so that will be like the next story. How is my relationship with food now? But um I had to like really take it one step at a time, one day at a time, one, you know, like one meal at a time. And I feel like I, I was trying to find myself with the food. I was still like experimenting and experiencing what to eat, how to eat fitness competitions, you know, and things like that. So it wasn't healthy, but at least I was able to release the eating disorder, which was like the biggest part, which now I am 39. So 11 years eating disorder free, which is huge. I would never believe it's possible. So if I could do it, anyone can just find yourself support, you know, find yourself support. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel ashamed. You're not alone. Men, women are struggling with it. I have a client who has a a partner who is struggling with eating disorder, you know, so it's not only for women, it's also for men, how we see ourselves and our relationship with food and the fast paced world. And so I feel like the past few years, I really found my path, what feels good to me and in my body. And, you know, like I changed the dynamics of how am I eating and why am I eating? So, and I shared it on my podcast with you, you know, I am for past four years, I am choosing to be vegan because it's so funny. Like my husband, when he met me, he loves documentaries. So we were watching documentaries like Forks Over Nice and things like that. And I'm like, oh my God, they're treating animals like this. I can, I I just can't, I can't do it. Like I cannot take the energy inside of me. And it's not just like the way they're treated, but like, you know, the energy that you're bringing in. I was like, I just can't do that. So I became vegetarian. Then I find out how they are like treating cows and the babies and how they are killing the male little baby cows, you know, for the cheese. I was like, oh, okay. 
I'm not a cheese lover anymore, so let's go into vegan cheeses now. Thankfully, we have so many options. And I also started to follow medical medium. And so we do like a celery juice every morning, heavy, deti- uh, heavy metal detox smoothie. So I found a freedom in food when I stop restricting myself and when I'm doing what feels right to me. Mm-hmm. I know if my body, it's like, you know, I'm pregnant and if I'm really, really craving, I don't know, like smoked salmon, whatever, right? Like I, I know I would give it to my body, but I'm so tapped in and so connected with my body that I, it's... Uh, it's so interesting. I want to say like it's emotional eating, but emotional eating from a place that it's nurturing and feels good. Like I'm eight months pregnant. And before I found out that I'm pregnant the first week, I was really craving pastry. I'm like, I just want a fluffy pastry. And usually I don't, don't eat it. You know, I was like, where do I find gluten-free vegan pastry? You know, So like, I'm like, what's what's going on, you know? And then two weeks later, I find I'm pregnant. But throughout my whole pregnancy, what I was really craving was fresh fruit, like juicy watermelon. And I was craving, like I, I was eating bananas like every day. And I was craving like orange and orange juice. And it's so amazing to really listen to your body and um, to be tapped in into what feels right to you. And also like finding the information, you know, it's just finding the information that resonates for you because you can go online and you can find whatever you want to find. You can find that veganism, it's amazing and heals inflammation and million other things. And you can find that it's like minerals and vitamins deficient, whatever, right? So I feel like when you can create a relationship with yourself when you know who you are and who you came here to be and what resonates with you. Like my husband became vegan because, you know, like that's what I cook and that's what I do. So he's not like so emotionally involved in it. It's like, okay, like I'm I'm respecting you and I will do it. So I would say he's like, 90, 95% vegan. I told him our kids are going to be vegan. That's just the choice that I'm making. I don't believe they need dairy or they need meat to be thriving, you know? So um, he's very respectful to that. And you get to create your own way, you know, what feels good in your body. And so I really found the peace with the food and how am I feeling? And I gotta tell you, like when I got pregnant, uh, so I'm pregnant for a second time right now. Uh, I was pregnant last year with twins and we lost them. So um, it was very um, traumatic experience physically, emotionally for me. I was depressed for, you know, a few months. Um, when I was pregnant, I, I, I started to feel the like, I'm gaining weight too fast. Look at me. Look at my body. Like I was pregnant with our twins just for a couple months, you know, but like my body, I feel like I expanded and I was holding water and I felt like I could see a cellulite. So I went back into my head. And then when I lost our babies, I'm like, is it, is it my fault? Like, is it maybe because I was, and of course, like I was eating right. It's not, I I wasn't feeling great about like growing, but I was eating right. But there was a lot of guilt and shame. Maybe they they didn't feel like I'm the right mother for them because I didn't feel like emotionally and physically prepared. So now that I'm pregnant with our baby girl, I 
I don't care. I, I was weighing myself the first like few months and I'm like, screw this. This is just screwing with my brain because I'm not sitting here and eating donuts and like stuffing my face. I am eating what she needs. So right now I am tuned into what my body needs, but I'm giving her what she needs. I have no appetite, Danny, really. Like it's so weird, but I'm in third trimester and I have no appetite. I don't feel like eating. So I'm like, oh, did I have my veggies? Did I have my fruits? Did I have enough protein? You know, it's like I'm doing it for her. But now I'm in a place of like, screw it, you know, like screw how I look. Like, yeah, my ties are bigger and I feel fluffier, but I'm healthy. You know what I mean? Like, it's like this image that we have in our head, how we should look like. And then you see all the cute moms on Instagram. They're still working out. And the only place they gain weight, that's a belly. And I'm like, how do you have a sleek legs? And how, you know what I mean? Like, so I got to admit that pregnancy brought this up for me again, uh, more so the first one than the second one with the second one. I was like, all I want, it's a healthy baby. I don't freaking care. She trusts me. She trusts my body to nurture her, to grow her. I don't care. I'm not perfect because I know that sometimes I do things like I prefer not to do wheat or gluten uh, uh, or soy or we don't do at home natural flavors because they're not natural. It's all MSG, you know, but sometimes like I know that my protein has like we have a vegan um, um, protein from Sprouts and I love everything else, but it says like natural strawberry flavors. Like, oh no, it's not natural. But I just can't, like, I tried different ones and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the only thing that I can really like get in my body. So I'm like, but I know I'm conscious now. I'm not perfect. I'm choosing organic above all. I'm choosing to enjoy myself and, and, and enjoy like where I am. Um, it's a journey. Like you said, it's always a journey. You will never get there, there, there. Yeah. There's no, there's no end, right? Yeah. No. Wow. Thank you so much for, for sharing all that. I think it's, you know, uh, really beautiful that you're finding what feels good in your body. And I love that message. That's a similar one that, that I share, right? Is this like, the more we come home to our body and the more we connect to her and trust her wisdom, right? This is how we can experiment with different ways of eating or experiment with different foods and, and really be noticing what feels good, right? And what doesn't. And intuitively, like what works? Like every time I eat wheat or dairy, I'm running to the bathroom. Okay, that's a sign, right? Like there's all of these different pieces, right? And there's no one right way. You know, I know that you've chosen to be vegan and, and you know, I have different different beliefs and that's okay. Um, you know, we're, we're all, you know, allowed to, to make those choices. And I think that beautiful message is just trusting your body. Um, the one tricky part with that, that I see, at least in my practice, when we focus on blood sugar regulation is when we have such crazy, uh, blood sugar spikes or addictions running the show, it's really impossible to trust what our body is telling us. So, you know, the addict, 
trusting his body is always going to want another glass of wine, right? Like my body's telling me I need another glass of wine, right? So it's a fine line and that kind of touches on like intuitive eating as well. And that's probably a whole other conversation for another way, but we can get to that place where we trust our body. But I just want to caution everybody listening. If your body is hijacked by sugar and toxins and chemicals and all of these processed foods that, you know, the food industry wants us to be addicted to, we can't necessarily trust the signals. So there needs to be like a cleaning out period, a detox period, so we can recalibrate and get back into like knowing what works for us in the realms of whole real foods, right? Getting the crap out that's not real food, and then we can start to listen again. So um, yeah, just wanted to mention that piece. You know, we need to get our brain and our gut back online before we can start that journey into learning the body. So you mentioned this a few times, and I want to go here next, Petia, because I think this this is something that I know very personally is a continued journey for me. And I see this with a lot of my clients is this like pull into living life in the masculine. And maybe you can actually explain that, you know, uh, to my audience as well. What what is the masculine and feminine energy? We're not talking about gender here. And, um, you know, your journey through really putting an end to that cycle of like masculine doing, be busy, hustle, and how in this, and I'm sure it's kind of in tandem with this work that you've done in healing your food journey, right? In, in shifting into this beautiful feminine, right? And, and how, how we can live life honoring both, right? Uh, this is a continued work in progress for me. So I, I would love to hear your, your process through that. Yeah, I really love this topic because I have experienced it myself. And, you know, it's it's interesting because, like you said, masculine and feminine, it's not a gender. Masculine and feminine is just the energetics. It's the yin and yang. It's the dark. It's the light. We're living in a 3D world that it's filled with duality. So we all, as human beings, have the feminine and masculine energy. And when we say this, like, hard work and hustle and, you know, like... I feel like that's like this wounded masculine. That's that's the masculine who needs to prove itself, you know. But when we are in the healthy masculine energy, it's the protector, it's the provider, it's the one who creates a safe space for the feminine, you know, so the feminine can stay in flow and be like soft and receptive and allowing and wild and like feminine it's chaotic you know like nature it's so chaotic it's unpredictable that's what female energy is and the masculine can hold it and hold a space for it you know so when I am like I'm very visual so when I'm thinking about feminine I'm I'm really thinking and seeing like a river it flows everywhere and it splashes everywhere and it's like you know But when I think about masculine, I see very calm, steady ocean. It's always there. It's always there and it's always embracive and holding the feminine to come in so she can express herself. That's how I see that. And so I was most of my life in a masculine because I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe to soften. I didn't feel safe to uh, just let go and, and just to be. Um, I didn't have the, you know, safe masculine um, in my life ever. So I had to create it for myself. And I stepped into the wounded masculine that needed to prove itself, that was working hard and hustling and providing for everyone. Like, 
It's so like for me, like when I share this in the United States, like women are like, and even men, they're like, what? You did what? Like I was the one who was usually paying all the bills for my ex-boyfriend, you know? Like he would get a mortgage, he would have two mortgages. I would pay for the mortgage. I would uh, furnish the, the you know, the houses and everything because I wanted to be providing. I, I It's even like women who come to me and they want to build a business, they feel safer in the masculine because they're like, when I do things, I achieve things and I make money, right? But then they're capping themselves. They're stopping themselves on how much you can really achieve if you're not using the feminine energetics because the feminine, it's allowing and receiving and softening and nurturing and feeling instead of just doing, you know. So I had to learn the hard way to create the balance between both because I was always working hard. And I there were times that I had like four side hustles, you know, like... I was so frustrated because I want to make it and I want to make the money and I want to be successful. And um, my body was always like tired and exhausted and burnout. And I was always sick. Like every month I was sick, you know, like sore throat and fevers because I would go, 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 go and, and like go really hard in everything I was doing. And then my body's like, you're done. You're done. You're, you're not giving me the rest. I'll give myself the rest. And I was like two, three days or a week out and I have to be resting. And then the cycle began again. And so when I was back in, you know, I was working in a corporate and I started my side hustle as a social media marketing manager um, seven years ago. And I was also getting my bachelor's and then my master's in business all at the same time. Um, one time we went with my ex-boyfriend to his cabin and in the mountains and normally there is no reception but there is internet so I knew I had scheduled work and the internet that day wasn't working and I completely freak out I had like a panic yeah. attack like my clients will fire me I will get like I, I will lose my school I cannot like submit my paperwork and I was like complete like oh my god you know so I grabbed my dog and I'm like let's go for a walk there's nothing I can do and that's where I really found myself like in the nature being present enjoying my dog like she was just like running around and so joyful and so free and I'm like wow and then you know after hour hour and a half I came back to the cabin internet is working <clears throat> I was able to do things that I wasn't able to do in a week like I did it in a few hours because I was recharged because I received, because I slowed down. So that was, and, and I got, you know, a couple more lessons like this, because usually we get the first sign. It's like, oh, this is great. And then we go back to the default. And um, I really learned that in business and in life, there has to be a balance between feminine and masculine. So we are feeling, the thing is that like, Oh, divine feminine rising, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's nice, but you gotta have a masculine energy too. So you get stuff done, but you gotta learn when is the time to flow and when is the time to go, you know? So it's not one is good or the other is bad. It's like, what is required of me right now? Do I just get to turn my phone off and go and lay in a, you know, in a bathtub or do I get to journal? Do I get to listen to music? Do I get to meditate or do I get to sit down with my team and plan the next month? Because 
I'm taking a couple months off for maternity leave, you know, so there gets to be a balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I so deeply resonate with that. I mean, we, the truth is, I mean, we, we live in a patriarchy, right? We live in a world that has taught us. And I know a lot of my clients and maybe a lot of you listening, right? There's such a direct tie to getting things done and being busy means you're worthy, right? In our society, that's what it means. Like if you don't, if you just like, what'd you do today? I hung out in the garden. I cooked uh, some amazing meals and did a little bit of work. Like people will call you lazy. People will think you're worthless or you're not successful, right? Like we have all these toxic uh, beliefs in our society about that. And I know so many women struggle with that. So that's why I wanted to bring this conversation out is this understanding that like that old paradigm is no longer working, right? This grinding and the amount of women now with burnout and adrenal fatigue and addictive food binging patterns because we're so stressed and we're so hop, like our body is exhausted and craving sugar, right? And I mean, all of these pieces tie together and, and you know, I say very openly and honestly, like I am not at all there yet with this. I don't have it figured out. It's a constant work. And even, you know, recently at the time of recording this, like I am, I'm, I'm having some, some new, um, epiphanies and realizations for myself about how I need to slow down right, and be more present and, and how I can actually do that in the world. It's, it's really hard when everything needs to get done. Right. And especially when you run your own business or you have kids, I know a lot of listeners here have busy lives. There's all these responsibilities that feel like they need to be done now. And the to-do lists never end. And you know, there's, there's a point I think that we all have to get to like you've had, and I'm having continuing to have is like realizing what really matters in life, right? How do I actually, and, and what is my definition of success? You know, is it how I feel every day or is it this big checklist at the end of my life to say that I checked all these things off? And I mean, ultimately we all have to get there on our own, but I hope everybody (laughs) listening, you know, give yourself permission to, to flow, um, I want to add to your list about flow. And for me, a big place to practice that has been in the kitchen, like cooking, connecting with food. How many of you listening feel like cooking is such a burden and you have to rush and I need a 10 minute meal because I've got to quickly just jam something in my face and get back to all this to-do lists versus seeing it as such a act of nourishment, an act of self-love and like taking the time to create new meals is a very feminine energy and a very creative act or it can be, at least for me, it definitely has been. And I think that's, you know, an important piece here. It really is, you know, and I love it because there were some days that like, I feel like creativity, it's so important, like um, expressing creativity. So we are feeling, have the sense of aliveness and I've been doing it like, not like recently, but you know, in past couple weeks is like rising up in the morning, do my meditation, do my stretches, do my journaling, but then being in a kitchen and like baking things and cooking things. And it's just so much fun, like without turning on my phone, like I'm just being present and and just enjoying myself. And I really realize how much difference it makes into like feeling creative, being in that feminine energy, because I start my day always with the feminine energy. Then I step into my masculine in my business and in my life. And then I end the day with the, with the feminine. What can I receive? What can I allow? How can I soften, you know? And when I do that, 
it's interesting because we think we will like hustle and work hard and we will create the abundant life, but we won't because you will burn out your body. Your, like you said, your adrenals, I used to struggle with adrenal fatigue, you know, like I heal all of these things because of medical medium, but it's so fascinating to see how we think we'll be rushing and doing all these things. Like nature never works 24 seven and we're trying to do that. Like look around yourself. Nature takes time, you know, and there are different seasons. What season are you in? So I feel like when you slow down and pass, you can achieve so much more. Like I had that experience at the cabin, you know, like I slowed down. I gave myself an hour. What is one hour in human lifetime, right? What is five minutes of taking shower, bath, or meditation? It's like you think you're busy. Well, what example you're setting to your kids? That's why I wanted to create a business that I'm home so I can be present to them. And even if you're working, when you're with your kids, with your with your loved ones, are you fully present? Mm-hmm. Are you on a phone? Are you looking at TV? Are you on your computer? And you think that being in the same room means being with people? It's not. Like, that's something that I really loved about my husband from the very first time I met him. The first time we met, we met at a mastermind. And then we went to, like, sit and talk in a bar. And the thing is that for the whole time we were there together, not even one time he looked at his phone. Yeah. And I will always remember that. Because he was so fully present to me and I was present to him. And we still do that, you know, like if we choose like, hey, let's sit outside together and let's work and you will be on your phone, I will be on my phone, you have your headset, it's communicated. But if we're on a date, if we go out, if we have a quality time together, it's you and me together, there's nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. We need to have a whole, we'll have a whole nother podcast episode on that. Uh, There's so much here, but I want to definitely be respectful of your time, of course, and would love to uh, just invite you here. We've talked about a lot today. And like I said, this conversation definitely needs to continue. Um, Is there any final pieces that you feel like really just called to share that need to come out of you today as we wrap up this episode? Hmm. I feel like just remembering that you're perfectly made for your purpose. It's so important the way you are, the way you experience the world, the way you're expressing yourself, the way you look, the way you feel. Um, We always try to fit in other people's boxes and images of how we should look like and be like and do like. Um, But when you really realize you are perfectly made for your purpose, always evolving, always growing, but you're perfect. It frees you. And, and it gives you more space to self-express and to be. Yeah. Wow. What a beautiful, beautiful message. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for coming on and, and sharing your wisdom with us. This has been so incredible to hear. And, and your vulnerable truth. I think this is so powerful to hear women speaking vulnerably in this way. And, and I hope everybody listening, you know, this gives you permission and maybe strength to find a way to speak about your, you know, challenging past or your wounds here, because when we can come together, especially as women, right, or just a society and um, walk each other through that, hold that safe space, that masculine container of like, this is okay. And you're not broken and, and you're perfect. Like you said, that's so, so magical. So beautiful. Okay. So uh, obviously everybody listening is going to want to come and connect more with you and hear more about what you're doing. We just scratched the surface today, of course. Uh, Where can everybody come and connect with you, find out more about you and soak in more of everything that you're doing? 
Mm. I feel like my favorite place, it's really Instagram, which is my name, Petia Kolebova, and I know you'll put it in the show notes because it's like unpronounceable name. Um, <laughs> the next place is uh, my Unapologetically Abandoned podcast where Danny was a guest, so make sure to tune into that episode too. And the third thing that I have created like recently, because I wanted to create something that I can pay it forward to people. Um, so I created a free call that it's called Abundance Activation Process, where I help people to really see their blind spots, where might they be feeling stuck and really seeing more clearly, shifting their perspective with whatever abundance you want to create, abundance in health, money, relationships. It's really activating the abundance within you because I truly desire for us to live in the freedom and the richness of life. So I'll send you the link down it too so you can put it in the show notes. That's my way of paying it forward. Not sure when you're going to be launching this. I'm offering this for next couple you know, months. Um, before the baby girl comes and then we'll see how I feel, you know, <laughs> that's a big yeah. unknown for us. Um, but for right now, um, this is how I wanted to hold the space. And it's so beautiful and so amazing to see how people are like having aha moments and shifting and really walking away with actionable steps and strategies on how to create the abundance in their life and feel the inner freedom. Yeah. We all want that. We all want that. Thank you so much for putting that together and offering that. I will definitely make sure that's in the show notes below. And everybody listening, definitely go and connect with Petia. And thank you just so deeply for being here today and sharing your energy with us. I know it's limited, you know, being eight months pregnant and everything else you have going on. So it, it's such an honor to, to have you here. And um, I, yeah, I can't wait to continue this conversation in the future. Thank you so much, Jenny, not only for having me today, but also for everything you're creating in the world. I feel like you are so deeply impactful for people who are creating the freedom in their life too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you're loving what we talked about today, please remember to subscribe leave a review and share this episode with someone you love. And if you're ready to dive deeper into discovering your root causes and patterns that are keeping you hooked on sugar, be sure to check out our brand new free workshop series that will help you kick emotional eating for good. Find the link to download this free series and other amazing resources in the show notes below.